Welcome to another chapter of In the Keep. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherload, and this show is all about the world of first-person shooters, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. It is the will of the drowned god, Katala, that we band together to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. As you know, In The Keep is a listener-supported podcast, so we have to say thank you to those who support us. Those people include Dots, Moose, Paul, Zach, Alexander, Lashaka, Brad, Night Owl, Tones, Jeffrey, Larissa, Nabe, Steve, Hadoukant, Brandflakes, and so on. Man, the, everybody who has uh, given anything, whether that be your money or your time or your just general, like, support with spreading the word or anything like that because the most valuable thing that you really can do for the keep is to just go on your social media or to tell people in your real life uh that you listen to the show and it, it means a lot to you and that you want them to also enjoy it as well that's the most valuable thing that you can do however the people that actually straight up just give their money we appreciate that uh monumentally because it helps us keep the lights on here and keep the show going so thank you to everyone who does so if you want to be part of that group, you can definitely, uh, like I said, just share it around. We really appreciate when that happens. You can also go to our website, inthekeep.com, and from there you can find our links to Patreon, PayPal, uh, credit card, Amazon, affiliate links. Uh, you can go on Redbubble and buy merchandise, such as our t-shirts. Let's just say the keep with our logo on it, which is pretty dope. Uh, you can also, if you join our Discord Become a Nitro subscriber. We love that because it actually increases the audio quality uh, of our channels, which is where we record a lot of the podcasts. So we really appreciate that if you do it. Uh, One other thing is that uh, we've gotten a couple of new Twitch subscribers lately. If you're tuning into our live events, we do a lot of Warfork stuff in particular, but you know, whatever it happens to be, I will be streaming some really awesome Doom content here pretty soon, uh, competitive Doom content. So, I really hope that you uh, consider doing that as well. Twitch subscriber, totally cool way to support the keep. Any way at all that you support the keep is more than appreciated. I appreciate you. The Drowned God Katala especially appreciates you. So thank you very much. And the keep is also brought to you by QuakeFans.net, your home for all things arena, retro, and classic first-person shooter games. Tell Smango the motherload sent you, even though he's a little bitch. Make sure you repeat that verbatim. Also, we're brought to you by Rocket Jump Zone. Uh, if you're into Quake Champions, if you want to be a competitive Quake Champions player, get in on the ground floor, go over to Rocket Jump Zone, and join one of their events. They host weekly events for European and American audiences, so get your ass over there and sign up for an event right the fuck now. This episode of The Keep, we are interviewing some really incredible people. These are two brothers. Their names are Shade Master and Bloodshot, and they're fucking awesome. They're right at the top of the pyramid in terms of people who are doing really cool and interesting things with the Quake engine and creating modifications that just change the whole game. Uh... Just to name a couple of things that they've really notably worked on, Quake 1.5 and now Slayer's 
testament. These guys are pumping out the most incredible content. And also Bloodshot is working on uh, maps for Wrath Aeon of Ruin. So if you haven't already heard the episode about that, go back to Kill Pixels episode and just hear all about Wrath Aeon of Ruin. It's an incredible project. And I just really hope you enjoy this as much as I did because I had a great time talking to these guys. Uh, that said, the music you're about to hear is by Immorpher who is a veteran of the Quake community, so I hope you enjoy listening to his uh, ominous noise before we get into the interview itself. Just an important note I want to say is uh, that in the early part of the interview, Bloodshot's voice does echo a little bit. I couldn't do too much with that, so just bear with us. It's really not all that bad, but you know, stick, stick it through and the interview itself will make up for it. Without any further ado, though, let's get in the keep with Shade Master and Bloodshot. Hi, uh, my name is Jason, also known as Bloodshot, and I'm the uh, coder and designer for Slayer's Testaments. And I'm Shades, or Crisp. Everybody calls me Shades in real life anyway. I actually help a lot with this mod. I make a lot of the maps. And I think it's really interesting, I didn't know this until just now, that you guys are brothers, and you're sitting in the same room together, and you're working on this shit. Like, uh, I wish I had that kind of relationship with my brother, so what's... What's the family business of making Quake mods? What's what's going on with that? Well, basically, as a kid, like many years back, I toyed around with like level editors and like like Quark and stuff for the for the original Quake for like Heretic Two, Hexen mm-hmm. Two stuff like that. And I also did Doom editors too. So that was like many years ago. I would make a lot of little things, but never release it. That's how it kind of went with both of us because he saw me do it, then he did it. Because I'm older, but then he kind of got ahead of me in terms of coding and stuff, which I only know decorate and in gz doom that's about all i know but he knows a lot more coding wise but mapping i can definitely do uh yeah i guess for me it's like the um a similar story uh i saw him mapping and i wanted him to show me how to use the quark editor quake army knife it stood for i think and uh, that was when i was like maybe like 11 years old or something like that but um yeah like i don't know like it was just like I never really released anything up until like a couple of years ago when I saw that Egyptian map, map jam for Quake 1. Mm-hmm. And I was finally, finally like, you know what? Like, I've been doing it on and off. I never finish anything. Like, maybe if I have like, you know, something planned out, I would. And I, I did. And ever since then, it's kind of like I start like I just kept mapping more and more. And then from that, I kind of got into coding. Like, just because I had, like, I had some slight coding knowledge, but I kind of just, like, well, like, I kind of learned from uh, when I was working on Quake 1.5, basically looking at other people's code and trying to figure out what it did. And both of those kind of just spiraled from there into what I know now. You got started into mapping from, you know, doing that, joining that jam. What, why that particular jam, though? Like, why did that make you want to get into this whole thing? Like, what is it about an Egyptian theme that, said like hey that's something i'd like to be part of 
Well, for me, actually, it was it was kind of interesting because I think it was the fact that Egyptian stuff typically has a lot of traps and stuff oh. like that. And I always loved like, you know, like the Tomb Raider type, you know, like, oh, here's spike traps or like the old Prince of Persia games, you know, where like you jump across the spikes or like you run through like a, you know, one of those slicey like sword things that comes out of the wall. Mm. And if you, you mess up, it chops your head off. Like, I don't know. I always liked those kinds of things where it's like, you know, the environment is as much your enemy as the enemies are. So I think that, I think that's why I was like, you know, Egyptian, I was like, Egyptian stuff is really cool. Cause that gives me a chance to make like, think like I made like a spike pit where like monsters could, you could lure monsters in and kill them that way. And I don't know. I think it was just like, I think it was an interesting angle on mapping. Cause I noticed that like, whenever I make a map, it usually has like some sort of gimmick attached to it not all the yeah. time but yeah. i don't know i feel like the gimmick helps inspire a layout for me for some reason if that makes any sense <laughs> i was gonna add to that that it's a trap because you know it's awesome and i think doom eternal is gonna be right up his alley as well as mine because it has just as much of the traversal traps as much as you know combat so it's also a good example to look at in terms of like good game design in my opinion doom eternal and doom 2016 too and how they tell their stories well on that note, the thing about Doom Eternal that concerns me, and I'm I'm hoping that I don't I play it and it's fun and I don't care. But when I'm looking at the trailers, like some of the platforming seems like it's contrived, like it doesn't need to be there. Like the the you've seen where they have the bars that are like kind of sticking out, and you're supposed to like swing on them. And there's these platforms that are just kind of like out over lava that shouldn't really exist except for it being in a video game. Uh, and that's cool. And I I like video games that don't take themselves seriously and they're just like hey we're a video game and all that but i feel like uh, in doom 2016 everything sort of felt like the platforming was for a reason and the reason that i i'm glad you brought that up because i kind of wanted to get into that a bit with the, the jump jam which i saw shades i know you worked on it bloodshot i'm not sure if i played through any maps that you did uh personally but yeah so i he didn't make a map for it i made a map for it so yeah, yeah i kind of agree with that with doom eternal but the thing is it's like Looking at Doom 2 compared to Doom 1, like the original games from back in the day, I would mm-hmm. say Doom 2 had more nonsensical areas than yeah. Doom 1 did. Like, Doom 1 was abstract, sure. but Doom 2 had barrels of fun. It had just stuff that Doom 1 wouldn't have. So that same vein, I think Doom Eternal has just pushes the envelope a little bit in terms of, like, gaminess than Doom 2016 did. Like, okay, the area, the platforming section in Doom 2016 was because it was, like, a broken part of the fortress, whereas Doom Eternal... Okay, got some. You literally have elements from Mario's castle and from Bowser's castle in there. So, but I can. It, it it it's fine. I like. I don't mind it. So it's like it's the Doom Tumi Doom Tuiness. Doom yeah. Tuiness. I don't take through. it. Yeah. super seriously, especially not. I mean, if you're gonna take anything seriously, video games is not the kind of thing that I I want to like freak out about. I'm just worried about if it, if it's gonna break up the I don't know the the feel of the game, which I'm assuming it's not going to. These are some of the best level designers and programmers ever but the reason why i kind of went on that tangent is because uh you're you're talking bloodshot about how you know you you like the gimmick you like that it kind of steers you in a direction creatively or it may like maybe putting parameters on what you are allowed to do or what you do something that you do have to accomplish in the midst of creating what you do create can make you more creative in such a way with that said uh jump jam or any any of these jams in particular but jump jam specifically it's it, not Egyptian, but an Aztec temple uh, vibe was the original Tron Discovery, and and that kind of felt like an Indiana Jones sort of adventure to me. And it 
fundamentally changes kind of the way that people play Quake. You know, it's it's not about necessarily shooting the monsters anymore or about, you know, just finding the key to exit the level. It's about doing all this crazy uh, creative platforming that you wouldn't get in, in, in any other uh, aspect of playing Quake. And that that's what I like about kind of what what those jams do to people or what these gimmicks, as you said, do in, in order to get us to experience the game in a new way. That's not just, Oh, here's a new map or, Oh, here's a new monster. And you guys are the masters of that, especially with Quake 1.5. And now we're going to see like doom 2016 recreated in Quake with Slayer's Testaments. It's, that's incredible, man. Thanks. I mean, like, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, um, uh, like uh, I think you said you didn't play any of my maps, but like one, I mostly release maps for the jams, and like one was mm-hmm. like the underwater jam, which that interested me because it was like a completely different theme from what I was used to, and like I made like a whole underwater base slash castle thing, and um, uh, the other one was the insomnia jam, I think it was, where like I made like a sort of half-life horror inspired slash also inspired by thief the dark project map for quake and it's like i don't know i definitely agree with that because it's like it's like a new way to experience a game that you know you played for years because it's like like i I do like playing you know one-off custom maps where it's just like it's you know like something like a classic level but done really well Mm. but occasionally it's like if i'm not sure i'm in the mood to play quake at that moment, I feel like a one of those jams with a focus theme like that will get me to be like, like to look at that and be like, "Oh wow, I like I, maybe I will play that today." You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, with that said, uh, since I'm already talking about Jump Jam in particular, which I'm a huge fan, I just I love JCR, and he's I guess a friend now at this point. I really like support everything he does. And when I was playing through it, the first map I saw I was like. Oh, how convenient. I'm about to interview Shademaster and I played through your map, dude. And that was a really interesting map to play through uh, for me, especially because full disclosure, guys, I'm really new to the whole like Quake modding scene. I I feel like I need to put that out there early on to say that like I'm not going to be it's not like talking to dump truck where, you know, this guy who's a veteran of it and knows everything in and out, how it's done, all that stuff. I'm just a fan who just got into this stuff. And I really, yeah. yeah. So I really yeah. enjoy it, and but th- your map was fun to me in that it, it was pretty simple. It wasn't too much going on. It didn't take forever. And then you start off, it, it's just like this weird geometry, and then you kind of have to figure out how to use the boots to get up on a, you know platforms and collect different items, and slowly the monsters kind of appear around you in the same area. And then you, know, you lead up to the big, I don't want to spoil it, but you lead up to like a big finale at, at a certain point once you get a key, and that like, can you walk us through your creative process on that particular project and sort of how you approach projects in general? Absolutely. I do have a set in stone process in which I tend to combineify, like I just with the word, I combine ideas that I see from elsewhere and then create something new out of it. So it's like, okay. So I, I from the get go, I realized I wanted this to be a quick map because I was already working on other stuff. So I did this, I actually made this level in like one sitting, like, like in, in a single night. So I'm like, okay, what? What assets do I already have that I could use really fast? Okay, Mount Erebus from Doom. So that was yeah. my kind of calling when I made this level. And I already had an Erebus map kind of in a Slayer's Testaments, like a classic theme map. So all I had to do is I had to take some design elements from that. I have my, uh, there's an archway you see that has, that's the blue door, like a double archway. 
I've actually used that in a number of levels and stuff, and I've actually retextured it for classic Quake as for like regular Quake maps as well. So when I get to the update where you see uh, retooled original Quake maps in our mod because it kind of needs it, you'll see that archway, but not with the Doom texture, but with like a Quake brick texture. But it's like, oh, okay, and it's like he that same asset is taking me really far. So I combine ideas. I might reuse a prefab I made in other areas. I'll be like, okay. Do I want it lava slash base? Do I want it lava slash medieval? Ice slash base. Ice slash medieval. So I pretty much like, it's almost like taking a few basic elements, putting it inside a jar and shaking it, and then pulling out a few things. And if those things line up, like, okay, environment, base, medieval, whatever, weather, climate, stuff like that. And do I want something extra? Like, do I want slime, disodium as the main theme? In addition, it could be icy slime tech base so i there's a b- really bunch of things i can go with and in fact i use a lot of romero design principles like a lot of his doom design principles in fact when making the classic levels for slayer's testaments that kind of translates to quake but instead of just like two planes of 3dness it's full 3d like i might change the texture if i change the floor height but in a different angle as well so all that stuff like the romero john romero is really inspiration as well for how i make my make my maps especially the ones that are like classic doom themed yeah, and Shades, I do know that you've done a lot of stuff regarding, like, not just Quake, but maybe some Half-Life stuff and just a lot of different things, Hexen even. So uh, how do you tackle going about a project just uh, from your own personal perspective? Yeah, so it's it, for something like Heretic or Hexen, which I map for those games a lot, I haven't really done anything with Half-Life. My, I don't think I've ever released an Unreal map. We're talking about, like, original Unreal Well. All the Unreals, really, but if I made a map, it would be for the original, but... Yeah, so, um... Yeah, what it is, it's a lot of the same process. For So, for Heretic and Hexen, I look at what's out there. I yeah. see, like, some of the some of the levels that... This, like with Romero, but this time, there's levels that the guys in the game created. I dissect that. I see, like, what worked and what was kind of redundant. Like, say, the Guard Tower had a really cool architectural feature where you, where, where you climb up a spiral. That's that forms a tower proper, and the spiral is like a double layered spiral. I thought that was really cool. So, I actually, we use that idea in Slayer's Testaments, in fact. But in terms of making heretic maps, I noticed that the guard tower level had a lot, a lot of detail. But because of the engine limitations at the time, there's a secret area that you teleport outside the level proper, and there's like this whole area, but it's like the same repeating brick texture over and over and over and yeah. over. And to me, that was kind of like not too annoying, but it was definitely noticeable. So, I have a new cliff texture I use in places where they were doing something like that. So we have in the level I just released X arches keep. I have that cust. I have some custom monsters and textures from the community, which I gave credit to like a whole credit list of where I got my resources from. And I use uh cliff textures and I break that up with like cool architectural features. So nothing looks bare, you know, nothing, nothing can look bare if you could help it. Cool. Uh, Bloodshot. And I know you in particular, like you worked on Hex into Shadows of Chaos and talked a little bit about that when you were on QuakeCast a while back. Yeah. Too, and a lot of these other projects. Uh, you, I saw your, did you work on a Half-Life mod that was like a Duke Nukem thing? Yes, I did. Um, it was called Duke Nukem Cataclysm and it was shut down. So nothing ever released from it, but I remade a uh, it was like a, there was like a full remake of Hollywood Holocaust from Duke Nukem 3D, but with like uh, like updated to kind of like suit like the Half Life style of level design. And there's also a couple like different test levels I made that never got shown off. Like uh, I made this like office firefight map where like you pretty much like fight between cubicles and you could destroy most of the cubicles, which I actually 
I didn't reuse the assets, but that idea actually got ended up. I ended up reusing in another Quake map that actually I didn't release either. But, but um, yeah, it was a Duke Nukem mod for Half Life, which unfortunately got shut down. But I think that was actually when I that was when I started mapping a little more. Like that was before I jumped into Quake, like with the Egyptian Jam. But that was like I feel like that helped me. Um, like I don't know, like wet my feet for Quake again when I because I hadn't done mapping for a while up until that project that's pretty cool man like you you seem to have dabbled in a lot of things before you kind of came back and arrived on quake so that's that's pretty you came to this with it like a fresh set of eyes and really informed uh in other aspects of mapping before you tackled this uh this particular uh rodeo i guess whatever you want to call it the quake mapping scene to me is just so like crazy and all, there's all all of these different things, and it's incredibly productive. Uh, it's hard to compare it to, say, the Doom mapping community, which feels a lot more. Maybe there's a lot more content, but it's less organized and less of a, a tight knit group, from what I can tell. So, if you guys uh, embrace the community as well, it seems that they've embraced you. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like I don't know. I feel like every single map I play from like one of those like you know like talented community members, like, you know, like someone like Sock, for instance, it's always like, mm-hmm. whenever I play one of his maps, it's always like, it's just, I feel like it just gives me more ideas of things I want to make too. I feel the same exact way. And pretty much, you pretty much to, to be a good mapper or a decent mapper, you have to play as much. It's like you want to be an author, but you can't really be a good author unless you like read a lot of books to see what works and what doesn't. Same mm-hmm. deal with like mapping. So it's like, you want to play things, you get inspiration from them, you understand what works and what doesn't within a particular game. Even Snap Map, too. Both Bloodshot and I have snap a lot of Snap Maps that we released. And it got a lot of flack for not being, you know, like a true editor. But at least later on, in addition to the logic, they had the custom geometry, which, coupled with decals, he do a lot of pretty cool tricks. So he has a lot of his release stuff that got spotlit, a lot of spotlit stuff from id Software Bethesda. And I have my own campaign, the Ethereal Shard, that got spotlit also. His Sandy Crater map is something is is awesome, and that should be recreating Slayer's Testaments. In all honesty, that wouldn't be a bad idea, I think. Well, every once in a while, and it's, this is in pretty much every art form, not just you know video game mapping. But as you said, if you want to be good at something, you need to play a lot of it. You know, like have seen the product, read a lot of books. If you want to be a good author, played a lot of levels. If you want to be a mapper, uh, I think there's a, another side of that coin in which there's occasionally you get some guy or girl or whatever that shows up. And does something really new and creative with a with an art form that has been around for a long time, and then you find out after they've done that and impressed everybody, like, oh my god, this is amazing that this person like this was their first crack at it, or that they they didn't have the experience in that art form that you might have expected them to have, given their uh, you know the fact that they got onto that level, that stage of like impressing a lot of people. But it's because of their lack of uh, preconceived notion that they are able to kind of approach it from a different angle. You know what I I'm agree. saying? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because what happens sometimes is like when a person has no idea what this thing is, they have their own idea completely from like, okay, so you're an established mapper. You have your certain you have your certain set of rules, which is for the most part pretty good at being creative. But even after a while, I find I'm still reusing a lot of the same ideas and principles, even if they are, do provide variety. So when somebody comes in without without those rules and does something completely new, it may work, it may not work, it may have some technical issues, but you know what? It was a really good idea and just something completely off left field, but in a good way. And that is also another aspect of creativity as well. 
see my quote unquote creative process is is just that a process it's not the only way to be creative it's just a way that like in terms of how i approach it so that's a perfect example right there what you mentioned that's kind of why i wanted to ask you guys because each of you, even though you're brothers and you're, you know, literally sitting in the same room right now, I know that each of you has uh, a different angle of tackling this thing. And then you're kind of combining your power together to create these amazing projects that are uh, arguably a, a combination. As you said earlier, you're like, I like to take things and put them in the blender and see how they come out. Uh, watching your two combined efforts create these projects is another aspect of that as well. And I, are you guys arguing about things like you're going through like quake let's talk about quake 1.5 for a bit when you sat down to start working on that project what was the uh the dynamic creatively between you guys are there are there like hey i'm gonna punch you if you don't do xyz or is it just like really chill and smooth process how's it go well actually um with quake 1.5 that was uh uh shades didn't have much input on that like he, he okay uh, did a few things towards the end but that was mostly just like pretty much i that was kind of me it's i started off because people i, I noticed a lot of people who didn't play quake who were like like i always saw people say well i would play quake but quake 2 has better weapons or this or that and so i was like at first i was just like what if i just like you know modeled and animated weapons that were kind of like quake 2 and then that kind of turned into, well, what if I made it, like, I don't want to say, like, Brutal Doom, because, like, I feel like Brutal Doom kind of, like, changes the core game a little too much. But, like, like it kind of evolved from there into, like, what if I incorporate, like, you know, like, like Half-Life-y elements and, like, just, like, like, things that I thought would, like, I don't know, make it, like, like, make Quake pop to a new user. Like, you know, like, having, like, much more detailed gore, for instance, like, right. you know that makes it appeal to someone who doesn't play that many retro games, like something like Brutal Doom, because it's like, you know, it's a way to show feedback from shooting. Cause it's, I guess it's a shooting game, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, that kind of like, that was actually, um, for the most part, that was like my own like project for experimenting. I think I started that in like 2015 and I just worked mm -hmm. on it on and off learning how to code, looking at different mods and incorporating things from them which looking back quake 1.5 was a mess because I had no idea how to code. And I was just literally just looking up tutorials and getting them to work in my mod. And if they worked, then it was like, all right, they, all right, they work. <laughs> Whereas now, like I actually understand what I'm doing. So it's like, like it makes it hard to look at that code. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty common feedback. I think from the, you know, what I've seen and heard people talk about, 1.5 in general is that it has all these really great ideas, but you, you were kind of still cutting your teeth in, in regards to making like a, a large scale mod of this sort. And you had to kind of make some choices and mistakes and, and, you know, learn on the fly as you're creating something in order to get to where we are now, which I think is going to be perhaps a more polished mod in general. Oh yeah. Like I think the biggest thing that uh, working on Quake 1.5 showed me was that working on a project just yourself it's like it's very hard to understand like you know outside of your own viewpoint like for instance right. like i play i played a lot of quake 3 when i was younger not online because i was too young but like um i played like or like i got really into quake champions like you know like a year or two ago and it's like like i understand like you know the type of movement and like you know quake 3 type games and in like classic quake 
So it's like I kind of purely designed Quake 1.5. Like I kind of like tweaked it to like how I play. And like I realized that like I always play on like Nightmare. <laughs> and like, you know, literally I'm like, oh, this is too easy. Let me make it harder. But then like the main complaint I got from that is that like normal was like a hard difficulty. Like, and like the harder difficulties felt impossible. So it's like, yeah. it, kind of made me realize that you have to have people test your mod and you have to find a good balance between that you know that's what uh hugo said that a lot about doom you know working on it is that he you know his natural state of playing doom is like nightmare and it's really pretty easy and then he doesn't really know what the player experience is like for people who need to play on the lower difficulties and a lot of people even think that like you know if you're not playing on the most difficult difficulty in doom or in quake that you're not really experiencing the game the way it's meant to be experienced. However, I feel that you know, there there are different ways to experience these games. Uh, some people play Doom because they want to be challenged. Some people play Doom because they want to feel like a god, and you know it's cathartic for them to just be able to like mow through things and everything. Uh, in your particular case, and I, I kind of want to backstep up my question again because I feel like I failed uh, in getting where I wanted to go with this. But the the dynamic between you two guys working together on these things uh, must help, you know, it, or it must at least create something that you couldn't otherwise uh, do on your own. Having a like real time feedback on something, or uh, you know, being able to help each other make decisions that you might not make on your own. Yeah, that's hundred percent true. Especially when Slayer's Testament entered the picture, because. As as Bloodshot said, I didn't, re- I wasn't really involved with Quake One Point Five all that much. I mean, I didn't even make a map for it, which I probably could have, but it felt it was like I'm just gonna make a regular Quake map, and if he wants to use, he can. With Slayer's Testaments, it's a bit more ingrained. Kind of with the classic campaign, I kind of did my own thing in a way, but the same token, I'm also contributing some maps to the main campaign as well. So there'll be mm-hmm. some things that we find work, and some things because I'm understanding, like as, I'm pretty much seeing it as you go. Like when we add something, I, we we transfer the files over. I incorporate into a map whether it's for the main campaign or for my own classic maps it's like okay we we're it's very more close-knit it's we constantly send stuff back and forth to test it out and but even even as you said even as bloodshot said i have the same issue where i tend to play in like ultra violence or you know hard if not nightmare but usually hard but even then it's like what I get a lot from like people playing like now that we release stuff is like, oh, your map might be too difficult. Even the X Arch key for Heretic, I released. I had to dial it back a bit, and that I had like a powerful Chaos Serpent kind of like semi boss creature right near the start. And in my demo playthrough, I kind of handled it. I did die, but I did handle the area relatively easily. But I, di- I definitely dialed it back for the final release for that, and it definitely applies to this mod too. And my levels, and it's like you can't, you gotta have people test co op. You have to have. Having other people test your map is the best way to learn. That's why I always want people to upload footage, and so I can learn from what they do. Maybe there's something that's obvious to me that they miss, that they're constantly inclined to miss, or whatever, or some obstacle that I could always. And Bloodshot too, we both tested. We could always get past ourselves, but then other players, if the majority of them start not getting past that, we should make it easier. But if only a handful of people can't, where most people can, we don't want to go Dean Takahashi, you know, levels of easy. But you know, we we gotta. Yeah, you know, I had to call out the journalists. Yeah, but we definitely do want to dial things forward or back depending on the greater the greater feedback like from the greater community as a whole. It, there are also several different ways of kind of like dialing in a difficulty level. And, you know, we've seen different formats and how this works. For instance, like Doom, it kind of 
steps up gradually. And then by the time you get to the highest difficulty, it's just like, okay, monsters never really die or, you know, some, something crazy like that. Uh, in Half-Life, I believe the difference between medium and hard is essentially just how much health the enemy has. Like it doubles for hard or whatever. And then sometimes it's like how many monsters actually spawn or what types of monsters actually spawn in a certain place. What has been y'all's philosophy on uh, creating the different tiers of difficulty in your uh-huh. minds? I'll let Blood go first in this one. Okay. Um, yeah, this is actually, I, I'm not, I can't speak to like uh, Shade's classic maps, but um, for me, it's pretty much like a monster, like amounts, like kind of like classic okay. to him because personally, like I don't really enjoy playing Half-Life on hard. Like I used to play it on hard all the time when I was younger, but it's just like, like Half-Life doesn't have any like pain animations or pain states. So it's like, it just feels like you're, all the enemies are just, like brick walls you're shooting at kind yeah. of yeah so it's like for to me like especially like looking at doom 2016 which was probably honestly one of my favorite games since like you know something like classic quake um i really liked how they did difficulty and how the higher up in difficulty you go not just like the like yeah they do more damage but they also are smarter like they can throw like they can throw more fireballs at you at the same time or they might move a little faster it's like I I find that preferable. <clears throat> okay, so um, in terms of my maps, I kind of follow similar philosophy to Bloodshot because that's fundamentally how Quake works. Like you have flags, spawn flags for different skill levels for things to appear or not appear, and is that way in Doom also? So was, they could appear in e or not appear in easy, medium, or hard. So in the first place, it's more cream dimensions has things like a health meter. So we, what we could do is you could add chain points based on difficulty and others that have the boss flag, like the uh, well, I'm not going to spoil the bosses, but people listening probably know who they are by now in our mod so uh yeah doom 2016 was also great because as bloodshot said they had different ai based on difficulty and we kind of fake it in this mod because some creatures are are like sentries and they just walk around and shoot and i usually use them regardless of skill like ledges if i don't want them to hop down so creatures like the imp and the baron can just walk and shoot or they can really like run about and then you know come at you and it's almost like yeah. snap map because we have three types of imps. We have the standard imp who walks, who runs and shoots and can hop down ledges. And we have the sentry uh, imp who just walks and shoots and can't traverse as well. And then we have the melee imp who really comes at you, just like in 2016. So same with the baron. We have a baron who walks around and shoots. We also have the baron who runs kind of like how you expect from 2016. So it's kind of interesting that we can like mix and match. And we could even have effects. Like if we turn this... The key effects set that to one. We have like a yellow, yellow particle surrounding the monster, so we can simulate other things from Doom Eternal, like uh, empower demons if we want, because we just give that demon more hit points. But it's kind of tough to use. I'm not sure if Bloodshot wants it in his main campaign so much. I mean, I, I, I'm experimenting with a map I'm making with it, but I might or might not take it out depending. But in my classic campaign, I might add that as well. I have only one instance in the third episode I'm re- making, which, by the way, I am making a third episode. And it's almost done. So when we release our next big release, that'll be in. So we'll have three classic episodes, not just two, in addition to the main campaign. So how did you guys uh, kind of arrive at the decision that this is the mod you were going to make with Slayer's Testament? Like you, you played Doom sixteen or twenty sixteen, and you were like, "I really like this." And then started like, with what? a cacodemon. I'll let Blood take it from here, but I remember it started with a cacodemon. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh yeah. Um, well, pretty much it was. Um... I was toying with the idea at first because I saw, I think the Hunter's Moon mod for uh, GZ Doom had some Doom 4 enemies. And like, uh, 
yeah, it was just like, it was that combined with the fact that I was disappointed that you couldn't mod Doom 2016 and make like proper maps for it. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I did make some snap maps, but honestly, like I never really like, like it, whenever I would make them, it always felt like I was just fighting the editor to do something cool. Yeah. Whereas like I, and the thing that kept coming back to me when I, I would do that was that this is like more limited than Quake. And so eventually I was like, well, what if I made something in Quake? And so the first, the first pro- test was like a Cacodemon model from Hunter's Moon, which I asked uh, after like a while, I asked him if I could have permission for that. And I think uh, another model too, I think the player model, which was, I retextured from Quake 3, but that's, that's not related to Doom 4. But yeah, so it was like, I tested the Cacodemon and it worked. And then I was like, what if I could, like, I wonder how this would, because I did an MD3 in Dark Places initially, but I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder how this would convert to the Quake palette. And I tried it out in Quake 1, and I actually really liked the look of the conversion. And then I just started doing, like, then I did the Imp. And the Imp also, like, like looked really good, too. I was like, shit, maybe I, if I do more of these, like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, and then also I had an idea. Like, uh, I think it kind of, like, I wasn't really sure where to go with it. And then suddenly, like, I had this idea, like, because AI in Doom 2016 jumps around a lot. I was like, what if I made, like, you know, triggers that could, like, like kind of like the monster jump from Quake, but yeah. they would only jump if you were a certain height above them or, like, a certain height below them or a certain distance from them. And so it's basically, like, I did that, and it ended up working really well because, like, all Quake AI does is follow you. But, like... Like, so basically they wouldn't jump after you unless you climbed up somewhere and then they would jump over and like suddenly like they seem like so much smarter or like, like, you know, just like clever positioning of the triggers. So that way, if they jump into another one, then they'll go in a different direction. So it seems like they're going running away when they're not. And I don't know, like, like just the AI, the fact that I could do that, like it kind of like sold me on the idea. I'm like, this works pretty well. So why not make a whole mod based around like this kind of combat? Cause it's like, it's like quake, but it's a little different. A little has a little more verticality. So I was like, yeah, why not? I love doom 2016. I want to be able to mod it. Uh, maybe I could do it this way. It's kind of crazy. The notion that we're talking about, it takes doom, bringing doom into quake to make, give it more verticality. That's so, uh, not the normal way of thinking about this, but yeah, it's a hundred percent true. And in regards to the way that the enemies function in the game, both of you guys uh, kind of really opened my mind just now to like why they are the way they are. And obviously, there's a little bit more polish that you know we're kind of going to be hoping for with like the the actual full release of everything. But as it stands, the the enemies feel very much alive, and that's not something you always see in Quake because they can just kind of be standing around not doing anything and then oh they noticed you and then now they're just kind of doing their thing uh and that also has a lot to do with level design and i think a challenge that you guys are kind of facing is that there are these big wide open areas in doom with you know like cliffs that they're just right there for you to fall off of and everything uh in particular there's one part in the campaign of slayer's testament where you're it's i think it's in the third episode or the third level and you're asked to traverse around a uh a tower that has these parts jutting out below you is lava and you can be chased by the you know a monster that wants to follow you by jumping across this thing and if it can't see you it won't jump 
And those are the kinds of challenges that kind of, uh, I, I feel like you're definitely going to figure it out, but it's it's an it's an interesting way of playing the game, and that you can kind of really take advantage of tricking the enemies into doing things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I I do, especially like in the first level, because like the third level was like me kind of like I had a cool idea, but I was kind of like it was towards right before I wanted to release it, so I was kind of rushing, so I didn't set up the AI quite the way I did in the first one but like the end fight in the first level in particular like it has like things for you to climb up on top of like like a whole nother like you know ledge right and like a problem i had with that was when you climbed up there all the ai would run underneath you know the ledge chasing you because that's how quake works and i'm sure like i could tweak the ai to fix that but i just wasn't sure how to do it in a way that wouldn't really like screw with their pathing too much to make Mm -hmm. like regular quake not work so what I ended up doing was, I think like it was clever placement of triggers where basically it would fling them. If you were if you were on that ledge, it would fling them to the other side of the room, which would force them to run towards one of the available points to jump up to the ledge you're on. So that way they could get to you from no matter where you are in the room. And like that's something I would like, I really want to make sure every level has like, I didn't do it with Shades Master's level. I only did it in a few areas with his level because like, I kind of did like a pass over it. But like it was, again, like, you know, getting closer. So I wanted to like kind of get it out there. So I was like, that's something I want to do is like, you know, maybe do like, especially with new levels is like, make sure the AI has a way to get to you. So you yeah. don't feel like you don't feel like you could cheese them or anything. Yeah, admittedly, since I didn't make I didn't make that trigger, I didn't like program it. I'm not I wasn't. 100% sure how it worked just like Bloodshot does, did. So it's like, okay, I'm like, what values do I enter with this, with that? So that's another great reason that why it's great to work when he's right there because then I could just ask him to get some help on that. Then what I ended up doing with that was I my second level for the campaign, the second level was made by me, but I gave it to Bloodshot to have him fix up some things at the end, which I wasn't sure about. And also so I could actually finish off some other maps as well. So that's a great case of, you know, we're working together really does bolster everything really. And get more content made. Yeah, it's like a. We touched on earlier how when you get into the, you know certain map jams and they they have a, a specific gimmick or a theme, and then you kind of get more creative when you're put into that box and you have to figure out what you can do within that box. Uh, with this project, it's like the fact that you are marketing it as sort of a remake of Doom 2016 and Quake. People are going to approach this with a cert with certain assumptions about what they want to see or what they expect to see and how it's going to function. And that it goes from being just a, a creative project to like an engineering project that you guys are going to have to, you know, slowly figure out like, okay, well, how do we make X, Y, and Z look like this thing? How do we make this uh, pre-existing enemy AI function the way that we want it to? How do we make, uh, you know, take the quake tools and make maps that are akin to doom 2016 and all of it is, I really enjoy that aspect of what you're doing here. And I really like, we see a lot of projects like this in Doom as well, where people will say, I want to make Sonic the Hedgehog in Doom or whatever. Like, all right, well, good luck. How are you going to do that? And then you see them have to engineer their way out of a box that they put themselves in. That's so, uh, so interesting. And why do you, why do you punish yourself by taking on projects like this? (laughs) Uh, Well, um, well, part of that is actually, um, well, for me anyway, is that, Honestly, I love the Quake engine and I love the movement and like, like I can code, but I can't really like, like, I'm not like a, like I, I kind of, if anything, it's like, it kind of reminds me of how John Romero would like code 
to code game logic, whereas John Carmack would do the engine. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not really interested in doing like engine stuff and making like something from like, like AI, like, you know, or like doing networking code or like AI from complete scratch. I mean, occasionally. Yeah. But like, I guess I'm interested more in the end result. So I feel like the, like just understanding how everything in Quake works kind of like, I don't know, something about being like figuring that out kind of helps motivate me and push me to do it because it's like, like I always see people like, you know, they'll make a mod for Quake and it's like, it's like, you know, people seem to get like uh, notions of what Quake can do from that, but like they think that's all it can do. Whereas like, I mean, it doesn't work like this now, but like when I was like one of the first releases, I think, like uh, not the maps didn't work, but like even though the AI was done the same way, like I changed some things, so I kind of screwed it up now. But like the first release I put out there for people to test, which was like a very small, like it actually loaded up in Windquake. Like the weapon models wouldn't display, but like the enemy models would, and like they still work the same way. And just something about that, like doing something in QC code that was doable in 1996. Like, but doing it now is just like it's just interesting to me. It's like, what if Doom twenty sixteen, what like what what if Doom twenty sixteen was Doom three they made back in the day? You know, it's like, I don't know. That's kind of my attitude of coming coming at it. It's like, it's not really like you know, why am I like you know hamstringing myself with these limitations? But I feel like it helps inspire my creativity by having the limitations. You know, it's really cool man especially considering I can, i'm going to keep bringing this up but you guys literally are genetically the same in a way so what happened to you guys when you're getting raised that like made you these two creative people and and in different ways as well oh um there's one thing i particularly remembered it's like okay i was like a kid i was walking this place egghead studios and yeah. my dad brought me in and guess what demo they were playing a demo of a game called heretic they, were, they just had it playing on the PC, you know, the demos that played at the beginning. I'm like, what's this game? It looks like Doom. And that got me into the Heretic. And, it's, and like, I think that helped us get into video games a lot. But it was really up to us to like get into level design and stuff because he doesn't make maps or anything. But I've always been... I know I know, Blood has been as well, but I've always been, for one, a creative person where I like to draw pictures, come up with stories, write ideas. That's probably why I've been more mapping rather than coding and stuff. I haven't really learned much with coding, except, as I said, decorate for uh, Jeezy Doom. I, I can get around that, but that's about it, really. But you were but, like, were you like, Halo, bro, check out this new game I just got, or whatever, like playing it together, or? I'm trying to remember, because we're, we're a few years apart. Not too many years, but like when I was like, when I got into Heretic, he probably wouldn't be like two or three or something. Oh, like wow. That. Yeah. Yeah, when I was, but I was like ten or eleven or whatever it came out. Yeah, it came out in ninety four. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, <clears throat> so it was a kind of a different dynamic then. But as he as we got older, we became, we became like closer in terms of like maturity. So you know, obviously, like you know, like a person who's like sixteen fifty is not so different, but a person who's like ten to twenty very different. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was I guess a little different. Like, um, like our dad played video games, which helped. And also, like, you know, our sister did art, which I think helped, too. But I think, like, the, um, I don't know, like, some, like, well, Shades doing maps when I was, like, like, nine or ten. 
I think also kind of like I saw that and that like kind of made me go, I want to try that. But I think just also seeing like, like all the creative mods I've played over the years. And like also my one friend who like always like complains that there's no co-op games, for instance, it's like most things don't work in co-op. It's like, you know, eventually like, it's kind of like, like you get fed up with the things that like, you know, like things keep coming out and they're not what like I want to see personally. And I think it just kind of like adds up because I guess I was always kind of creative. Like I played the violin in high school and stuff like that. I used to draw too, but like, it's like, I kind of moved away from that stuff. Like, uh, like in my headspace for doing that, but I still like, I like to create stuff or like, so it kind of like, I don't know. I kind of latched on to making content because it's like, it's very like, I don't know. Like when I'm doing it, I feel like, like it, it feels like an adequate, like use of what I know. Like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's just like I work on something and I finish it and it feels like, like it's just like something that is like a part of me almost which is also what I get from like playing other people's maps in a way too. Like, I feel like whenever I play someone's like quake map or like any game, like, you know, Hexen, Half-Life, Doom, it's like, I feel like when you play someone's custom map, you're getting like to see like a little part of them that they put down into this map. So it's not just like a level to me. It's like a little window into maybe their personality or something like that a little bit. He's exactly right. Because even some of my levels, I said before, might reuse prefabs I made from one place and reuse them again. So that's kind of like me. That's actually my personality of combining creativity ideas from here and there. My my creative process combine flying things and also trying to save time as I make stuff, not you know just be able to like kind of flow through a process. So he's exactly right in that what a level looks like often does reflect the personality of the guy creating it or the person creating it or the girl creating it or whoever. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, just to talking to you guys very briefly like i only just kind of met you but like shades you physically talk faster than your brother does and you uh as you explain your creative process you say things like i like to you know reuse assets and, and move through it really quickly and figure out you know like what's the best way to accomplish the goal in the smallest amount of time possible while still retaining the creative uh, you know integrity and then bloodshot's like talking a little slower and he's like you know i like to get into the code and analyze how I'm going to do things before. To, and then the team of you together is like this team of one person who's really efficient and one person who's really uh, analytical. And that ultimately creates like the best kind of design team. And that's something that we see repeated throughout, not just games, but art in general, all the way through time. It's always like a dynamic duo. I, I realize. Yeah. That. Even yeah, with cool. like John Carmack, John Romero, or Hugo Martin, Marty Stratton. Even those two, it's like it's like it's always this. There's always some kind of dynamic duo involved. It's like half the time, it's like the rule of two kind of. Dave Oshry and Dave Szymanski, like they, you have to share a name in some way. Yeah, it makes sense because we pretty much what one person doesn't do, the other person fills upon, and vice versa. But then yeah. beyond that, like even when teams get bigger, there's all this other creativity and all the other dynamics that go on too. Like even even when comparing to other to a, like a smaller indie developer, like say four or five people. You have your you yeah. have one or two main people, and then you have the other people who also add the support and stuff. And if everything goes well, if the dynamic is right, like I think with Bloodshot and I, the dynamic is right. It just comes together. I mean, there are things we disagree on. Like, for example, like Xanion's mod Hunter's Moon, as another example. I talked to Xanion. I actually got permission to use uh, 
what is it? The Bruiser, you know, the Bruiser from Resurrection of Evil. He has a version that's really cool that doesn't have the TV mouth. So I have the model. I already decimated the model. It was very minimal decimation to get it to work in regular Quake, which is great. And it's animated already. I just need Bloodshot to program it because I don't, unlike Decorate, I don't know how to. I probably should learn in all honesty Quake C. I don't know how to program Quake C really. But it's like, we're also trying to deduce like what kind of gameplay role would he have? I'm thinking to myself, maybe we should fire grenades, like in Quake 1, like the Org, because we don't have an Org type thing that fires grenades. So we're kind of on the fence about adding him. I'd like to add him, but where, how would he be used? Would he be like Hell Knight hit points, or just a little bit less or more? We don't know. But we have the animations, courtesy of Zanion, the model, which I decimated and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's funny hearing them talk about that, because it's, it's definitely, you could kind of see the difference between us, because it's like, like he wants, like we have it, and that's one of the reasons he wants to do it because he would be cool. But the first thing I said to him when he says that is that I ask him what's the role in combat. Like I know it has grenades, for instance, but like, like the imp fireballs kind of function like grenades already. Same with the Baron fireballs. So it's like I just wonder. Like I don't, I'm hesitant to add stuff like that until I understand like how it works with the other enemies. Because like I'm not like I've never been the hugest fan of like. I don't know, like, there's a lot of Doom mods, especially, that have, like, a million variants of creatures. And while it is cool to see, I like the idea of, like, a readable cast of, like, a certain amount of things that you can understand. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you like you play it and you learn their mechanics and you can understand them. Like, there is, like, I mean, depends on the game. Like, if it's not, like, a game like Quake or Doom, then, then yeah, like, I like the variety. But sometimes it's, like, I feel like sometimes like having a limited amount of variety actually helps a game because it's like that's when more player skills infused because it's more like learning the mechanics of the game instead of, you know, like them constantly throwing new things at you. Yeah. Uh, Bruno Boudouin, the guy that was making Nightmare Reaper, he, he said a lot about that when I interviewed him about how he feels like creating a game is literally the art of teaching someone to do what you want them to do you know and the best games generally are these things that you can kind of easily at first figure out and learn how to deal with these different enemies or different situations or whatever it happens to be and then later on apply that to a new challenge i kind of agree with what bloodshot's saying because it's like i've seen mods that just like oversaturate like with like just too much variety and i've seen like throw like a gajillion weapons in there, a gajillion this, especially more so for Doom, obviously, than Quake. But I've seen mods just have, in my opinion, too much. I just guess the dispute is where the threshold of what too much is and isn't comes into yeah. play. Because, oh, it's just one more creature, I'm thinking. It's not like a whole... We're not doubling the demon count that we already have, which Doom Eternal does, but they do it to good effect. So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, it proves that it can we can have a bigger variety but they still have their individual roles like completely new roles but they're still unique roles so i'm like okay but at the same token we kind of i'm kind of like eager to use it because we have it we have permission to use it we have this model that's just made already. we can just it's not it's a we don't have to design new creatures not our own game or anything but it's a mod so yeah, yeah. so that kind of thing so it's like maybe eventually he'll be in but i i can't make any promises but we do have him so something you guys uh, touched on a little bit earlier was the fact that uh, you had, you know, multiple different imps, you know, that j- just for imps, so that they would have different uh, behaviors and everything. One of the things that I really, I, I knew 
uh, Bloodshot, you mentioned earlier how like you felt like Brutal Doom had a certain uh, amount of gameplay change that you felt kind of fundamentally made it different than what you know what Doom is supposed to be. And I get that argument, but one of the things that I think a lot of people, including myself, appreciate about things like uh, Brutal Doom and Project Brutality were the AI changes, like the enemy AI updates that kind of made the game feel like a whole new experience instead of just the typical. Because once you've played a game for 25 years, a lot of people have been. Uh, okay, yeah, it's an app, bam, 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 bam. I know how, exactly how many times and how to shoot it and how to move around it and everything. And when they kind of hit you with something new, even if it's in a level that you've played before, that can be a really refreshing way to play and experience a game. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think the Brutal Doom stuff, like that stuff, I do like. I think in specifically in regards to Brutal Doom, more of the stuff I was talking about was just maybe like specific enemy balance and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, because, like, I'm okay if there is a lot of stuff, but, like, I just want everything to, like, be consistent, you know? Like, because, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's not so much Brutal Doom because it's been a while, but maybe, like, some of, like, the Project Brutality stuff, it's just, like, there's, like, you know, like, the imps, like, for instance, crawling on the ceilings, like, it's cool, but it's, like, it's also a 2D sprite game. So it's, like, when they jump right in front of you, sometimes it's, like, it's just kind of, like, a little... Like I guess like a little less polished than I would like it to be. Where it's like like sometimes it's like it causes like unnecessary frustration in some cases, even if you know how to play the game and you you like even if you know the mod. Like those are more the things I have problems with. Not so much like like you know, like the AI dodging your attacks for like occasionally I actually think is really cool. And like I would actually I've thought about incorporating that into some Quake stuff as well. Or like or like even like a lot of weapons too like you know sometimes it's it is fun to like have a lot of weapons and stuff like that but i think it's also me being kind of a purist with the old school things a little bit too because i like the um like i don't know like i guess it comes back to me playing quake champions it's like i would not add another weapon to that game you know or like Hmm. quake 3 because it's like i just like i feel like there's no need to like there's no nothing a new weapon would do you know that's needed so i feel like it really depends on a like you know game by game basis or like if a mod does something and adds something and it works really well i'm all for that like you know yeah i definitely think that we see that repeatedly over and over in the modding scene and it's good that it happens period because we need to see it happen to know what to and what not to do or even just to push the boundaries a bit but Definitely people kind of like get a little carried away with like trying to add new features or like, oh, we could do this, that, and the other. And they do everything they can to kind of put it in there. And then it maybe it doesn't fit and maybe it shouldn't have ended up in the final project. But I, that's what player testing is for. And that's what the mod scene in, in a lot of ways exists to do is to, you know, experiment. That's very true. Yeah. And I actually, I had that problem myself when I made Quake 1.5 because I was just kind of adding things because they were cool. <laughs> Yeah, like there's one thing that I think he did in Quake 1.5 that was done way better in Slayer's Testaments. And I actually, it's ironic because I see this in Doom Eternal as well. I see the time, you know, sometimes you'll get random slowdowns. Like the time will like just slow down to be dramatic. But it's just that I think it's to be dramatic. Whereas in Slayer's Testaments, we've incorporated spoiler, spoiler, like a power up. You you might have played it already. I don't know. That might just do that kind of thing instead Mm -hmm. of it just doing it random. But then I see in Doom Eternal, I'm not sure what it's about maybe it's an easier skill level or what but i sometimes see the slowdown at the internal as well like just a random slowdown to be dramatic 
I think it's actually a ruin in Doom Eternal and not a random slowdown. Oh, okay, that makes more sense then. Yeah, but it, 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 when I saw it in Doom Eternal, the way it worked, it immediately reminded me of Quake One Point Five. So that was funny. So something Bloodshot you said earlier, kind of. I think it's a good way to segue into our next little part of the interview is that you um, you said a lot of times when people, you know, play these Quake mods or they create a Quake mod that they assume at that point, like, okay, well, that's all that can be done with this. We've reached the, you know, the end of the earth as far as what can be done with Quake. And you're currently working on a project that I think is a, a complete slap in the face to that entire idea. Wrath Aeon of Ruin is incredible, man. Oh yeah, I mean, like uh, the stuff I'm doing for that is purely level design, though. But um, and like yeah. it's not anything released yet. Yeah, I feel this like I, I that's one of the reasons I wanted to work on it because ever since I saw that, like I was just like, like wow, that looks like I didn't know Quake could do that, which I think also helped inspire me in a couple different ways as well. I, I applied to making maps for Wrath. In fact, I released a map called uh, the Refinery, which was originally an Arcane Dimensions map. Played that. like early about a year. Oh, nice! Yeah, I released that in early 2019. I actually it was really complex, and I built that in the span of a week. But here's the thing: I got the memo a bit too late. I didn't realize that the uh, call for mappers had been out for like a month, and at that time, I didn't have that as nearly as many Quake maps out there as I do now in just the past year, especially because this mod that helped a lot too. So I'm like, I de- in the past year, I learned a lot with Quake Level. Even though I've been making maps all my life, I've just been kind of sporadic and on and off and didn't release much, except for like maybe a handful of things re- like in the past few years. But in the past year, I've learned a lot with like making levels for Quake just because I've been doing like way more often. And yeah, so it just, it, it sucks because I probably could have, who knows if I could have been on the Wrath team or not, it would have been neat. But it's fine that, you know, it's fine that I'm not. I mean, it's a game that's not getting spoiled too soon, at least. So so I can still say I'm getting experience doing this, but I should have also been more on top of it. Like, as I should have known sooner that they were doing that because, like, yeah, as I said, I pretty much made that map as a sort of, like, I definitely need a Quake map, under a good Quake map under my belt to apply to this thing. I know I can do it. I just need the uh, thing. But now, if I'd applied, like, Look at all this stuff I have. Even back then, I was like, look at all this stuff I have, but not enough Quake-specific stuff. So that's changed now. Yeah, it's it's really hard to, when you see these projects, like especially like that, get announced. When you first initially see it, you're like, okay, they're going to build a modern game in the Quake 1 engine. Sounds good in theory. Let's see how it works out. And then a lot of people are scared to, you know, like really put a lot of faith into it or even to, you know, like put their dollar on the line. You know, say, I, pre- I want to pre-order this or I want to fund a Kickstarter or whatever it happens to be. And then, you know, too little too late later on a year or two, three years later when they're you know, starting to really move with it. And you're like, you see that it is like, this is actually going to happen and it's going to be awesome. And then you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> like I was uh, not really, like, I thought it was an exciting, cool project and I didn't really buy into it until I heard uh, Jeremiah Killpixel on QuakeCast and heard him like literally just tell his life story leading up to why he was making this game and that for me sold the game. Like I knew that there's no way someone could go through what he went through and be as passionate as he is about something and not make something incredible, you know? Exactly. And I think wrath is incredible. Yeah. And to go back to what I said before, it's like, I even found out about it too, too late. Cause when I heard that interview, like that wasn't, no, I, it must've been a little bit after I found out about it, but I'm like, I'm trying to think I found out about it back 
like not too long before that, like last year is like when I first found out about it, really, when I heard when I found out late about the announcement for mappers, like, oh, we need more mappers to help with this project. But yeah, I think his core idea for Wrath is really awesome. I don't know too much about what it was like a few years back when it was like a kind of a sort of a different game. I remember his interview with like getting the quake mapping. That was pretty interesting. Like he had this like level that was really, he had this like kind of like tech based level that was very experimental in nature, but it was, I actually should play that. It was, it seemed kind of awesome, but he even saying it was very experimental in nature. I, I kind of sort of remember the interview, but it was, it's kind of comparable. Like what, we're doing in the sense that, oh, we're doing this mod, a lot of the stuff is experimental, but then you get to the point where you just want to, like, stick with, like, te- techniques you know and just get stuff done as well. So it's kind of like getting finding that, you know, balance, really, of, like, what's new will work, what doesn't waste time. So both of those aspects. Yeah, what's funny about that, actually, I uh, I played Kill Pixel's uh, Quake map when it came out. I didn't know it was by him, and then when I heard that, I was like, oh, shit. Cause I, I remember like something clicked in my brain. I'm like, Oh shit, wait a minute. Like that's that map I played. And I actually really liked that map. And I think that was partially a slight inspiration on one of my horror maps that came out like uh, last year for that. One of those map jams too. Yeah. Kill pixels. One of those, I think I mentioned this earlier. One of those guys that uh, walks into an art form with no real preconceived notion of what you know what's going on, he, he definitely played a lot of stuff, but had never really produced a lot of content that everybody was super excited about or anything. And then just hit the ground running with a new way of you know experiencing what is ultimately just Quake. And I, I'm really curious because you're doing level design. Uh, what we've seen so far of Wrath has been these these levels that are kind of with his philosophy. He explained this to me on a, a podcast that will have been released by the time this comes out so I can say it how he tried the design levels or like you know they are trying to design levels that kind of make you loop back in around yourself so even though they are technically linear they feel very non-linear and they feel like uh, you can get lost in them a lot more and it's it's an ambiance that you have to create which is something that really seems to matter to him a lot is creating an atmosphere um how do you plan to going into this you know, game or what have you done already, if you can speak on it, that makes you feel like you can really contribute to that part of the game? Uh, well, I think it's um, actually, I have much the same feelings and I think it's partially comes from Quake a little bit because mm-hmm. like Quake was honestly like always, like I love Doom, like classic Doom, but Quake was always like slightly edging it out for me because it was so atmospheric and mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, I'm just, like, I'm, I'm crazy into anything that's atmospheric. Like, uh, one of my other favorite games is uh, Stalker Shadow Chernobyl, because that game is so, like, like, I don't know, it's weird. It's, like, it's, like, it immerses me in a way that, like, even, even VR games haven't immersed me, and it's just really hard to describe. But, like, it's just something about, like, that, like, that dark ambience that, like, or, like, Thief. The Dark Project, if you've ever played that. Like, like I was actually, like, I, I finally sat down and played that. Like, not all the way through. Like, I played it when I was a kid, but I always, like, it was used to be too hard for me. Like, I sat down and I played, like, all, like three quarters of the way through that game. And I was just blown away by how, like, unnerving it is. And, like, it's not even, like, it's not even, like, it uses some, like, insane, like, you know, technology to do it or whatever. It's just good use of lighting and really good sound design and it's like and use and really creepy music 
like ambient music. And it's like, I don't know, something about stuff like that. It's just like, it, like it kind of like, it puts me on edge. Cause like a lot of things, like I notice like a lot of movies don't really scare me anymore, but like games are the one thing that like, if they're atmospheric enough and like different enough, they can like, maybe not like, you know, like, like, Oh, I'm terrified of it. But like, like, Oh, like, you know, I feel this creepiness, this unease. And I don't know. I feel like that kind of like helps inform like my design of like everything I do, like whether it's something I'm working on for wrath or like, you know, just a map, like, like, you know, like I always try to think of like something like a way to like shock someone or like some, something to do that's within the universe of what I'm doing where it's like, it doesn't feel like that's actually honestly like why I'm a little concerned about, doom eternal although i i think like once i play it i'll get over that is that like i'm not 100 percent sold on the gaminess of some of the things they've been showing because i do like how doom 2016 is like very like like if anything i, I feel like it's almost like doom 2016 is evil dead 2 and doom mm -hmm. eternal is like army of darkness and it's like i love army of darkness but i evil dead 2 is always my preference because it's like it's like to me it's like the perfect blend of like campy goofy movie with like horror atmosphere right and i feel like that's kind of like how i design things in general it's like i always add like a tinge of like some sort of ambience or like you know like whether it's like you know a vista in a level where like you're looking at this area and you're just like wow that's impressive or like wow i don't want to go down that hallway cuz it looks really disturbing and stuff like that i feel like it kind of I don't know, like stuff like that, especially inspires me. And it's the kind of stuff I like to make too. I hope yeah, that answered your question. <laughs> no, it really sums it up really well. I'm glad you brought up shout out to my boy Smango over at quakefans.net uh, talking about evil dead. Cause he is a huge army of darkness. That's something that me and him have actually argued about before. It's like army of darkness versus evil dead too. I'm glad you're on my side of this. argument. <laughs> Army of Darkness, where the he he punches the his his skeletal self at the end, and his head just spins around like a top. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That was the that was like funny. It was just pure comedy right there. But yeah, I think that uh, I think you really summed it up there. But just like the, the creation of an atmosphere to me, that's what that, that's what sells me on a game in general. And to to be fair, like Doom definitely feels like a like a at its baseline being just let's start off with Doom one and two and their vanilla forms are sort of an immature man's game. They're like the heavy metal of games. Like I, I love heavy metal. It's great. There's some really great stuff out there, but as you get older and more mature, like, Hey, I want to listen to Steely Dan. And then like Quake is a little bit more of like a polished, uh, grown up atmosphere kind of game, which is weird considering how much of a hodgepodge it was to put together and everything. Uh, and then over time, we're kind of seeing like doom itself as a game. Doom two has, through the modding scene matured into something a little bit more uh, like that. We're, you know, creating an atmosphere. Let's talk about like Dragonfly's work on Ev Eternity is a perfect example of like, holy shit, you can do so much with Doom and still keep it a, a very true to itself sort of experience. Agreed. That's why he's working on Proteus. And that's another another one of those classic FPS pipe games I'm looking forward to. Shout out to Proteus as well. Shout out to Wrath. Everything. Overload. Things that are released and things that are coming. I, I can go on about Aeon, Wrath Aeon of Ruin. I can go on about a Medieval, Dusk, 
all those things. There's a new one recently I want to give a shout out to also. It's called uh, Core Decay. It's not really that well known, I guess, because he's just getting started. But it's another really awesome one. So, yeah. Watch out for that one also. has even has a sewer map. I'm going to make a joke about how Civi, if you review that, yeah. would definitely bring up the sewer. Ding! <laughs> it's funny. Just every time someone mentions sewer or every time I see a sewer, I can't not see then Civi doing that. It's it's never like I, I can't just enjoy <laughs> a sewer level anymore. Yeah, that's the other thing I'm if I'm kind of feeling weird about also is because I, I actually messaged G-Man Lives to take a peek at our mod because I don't think he knew about it. So I actually texted him on Twitter, letting him know that our mod existed. And that's how we got him to review it. I also texted Civi, but he didn't get back to me. But here's the thing. It's like now that G-Man Lives reviewed it, there's like a thing I'm hearing that where Civi might not do things that G-Man does. And it would have been cool to have them both review it. That's, what, that's, what, that's one thing. I would have uh, In the new classic map I'm making, the classic episode, I have a map specifically called The Sewers just because it would be cool if he did, but I'm not sure how, because he, I know he doesn't like to do things that G man lives does. I genuinely hope that that's not how he's making his decision process, but I mean, I, there's no way of telling man. I, I definitely know that I, I enjoy a lot of what both of them do and they're yeah. both incredible in their own right. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Civi in general is kind of hard to get a hold of. So just don't, don't let that hold you down. You know, I'm still putting the sewers map in as a tribute just because, yeah. And it would be awesome if he did one day do his own thing on it. But yeah, it's like I find both of them good. And it just goes to show that people that make content on YouTube, like the reviewers, put it's a different kind of work, but they put just as much thought into what they do as, you know, devs and stuff and people who like mapping mod. Because those guys, I don't think they make levels, but they definitely play the games and understand them in that sense. So yeah, well, here's the hoping, man. I, I hope genuinely, I hope this blows up and takes you both incredible places in the both the independent and you know, modding scene and actual game development, if that's what you guys choose to pursue. Because this, this is a really interesting, really cool resume. Yep, it just may. I can't say anything, but you never know. Might have, you know, <laughs> some other ideas for the future. So that's all I can say. Well, when you can say, you guys are both cordially invited to return. I really appreciate you both not only, you know, being generous with your time and making this happen, but also being patient with me for all the bullshit we've had to deal with. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, Scheduling and stuff mainly and stuff and trying to schedule it where we're all available at the same time, which, you know, I work three jobs, but I definitely have, it's like more of a definite schedule in a way that I'll know, like, oh, I'll definitely be free this day. But whereas Bloodshot, yeah. his job, his one job is still like more scheduling is all over, I guess. But yeah, it worked out. It worked out. So do you guys have anything you want to plug, social media, uh, you know, mod DB pages, anything like that, or just final thoughts yeah. you want to say before we get out of here? Um, I guess I'll just say thanks for having us on and, um, yeah, plug wise, I guess, um, I'm not done working on Slayer's Testaments and I'm going to be working on other things obviously too, but there's some cool stuff that I haven't shown off yet that I'm going to show off soon. So yeah, some people haven't checked out the discord, maybe check it out soon. I got to make my maps for Slayer's Testaments in time for any big releases that might be coming up. And for my last words, I'd be like, hey, I have a lot of levels out there as well. Despair for Heretic, uh, Shadows of Shades of Darkness, of course, for Hexen. There's uh, Exarch's Keep for Heretic also. there's I just have a whole list of stuff. I should probably just like hyperlink it somewhere in the future. But for now, I'm not going to you know talk about that. But yeah, it's, this interview has been awesome. And yeah, just it's been a pleasure. And I definitely wouldn't mind having more stuff, 
more interview time about other things as well, personally. So, not for sure. You guys are invited back. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah, just to add on to my plug um, for anyone who hasn't uh, check out Shadows of Chaos for Hexen Two because not because not not even because it's good, but just because I like Hexen Two. I think it's just the base levels and some of the AI had problems, and I want more people to make stuff for Hexen Two. So. Self too. I have two maps for that thing that I didn't even complete. I should probably get on that as well. <laughs> All right. right on, guys. Thank you both for coming. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having us. Thanks. All right. Have a good night, and it's been a pleasure, and hope we do this again. <laughs>